And with that, let's start this week's episode of Point of View Weekly. Live from the Potterfic Weekly Studios, which may or may not look anything like Fargo, North Dakota, it's the morning show that really isn't Point of View Weekly. Stress that it took us 22 minutes to get to the intro. Where's no. Bob? Bob! If you call me Bogo, I swear. Sue is incredibly loud. I'm sorry. I will try to be quiet. She sounds like a phone She's gonna like have to whisper. She does. She's like a 900 number. Thank you, Ryan. I smell real nice, actually, right now. How is it possible you married me and not Bob? He loves scripts. Well, I'm sorry, but I think Bob has some good ideas for keeping us on track. <sighs> Wake up and smell the freshly brewed coffee. Oh my gosh, now I'm stressed out. <laughs> Listen to the sound of Ryan screaming like a little girl. This is Point of View Weekly. I came home and I had to get our lunches ready for tomorrow and our breakfast. We've got dead air. Oh, my way, I can't cook. I, can't. I was not. I was looking at cutting the cord and burning right, okay. dinner. What? No. You burnt dinner? I did. Wake up and smell the donuts, everybody. Welcome to Potter View. See, I did it again, even though I wrote it down. I wrote it down. Why were you doing bombs I'm so there? sorry, Be your own woman. Wake up and smell the... <laughs> hey everyone, and wait, that's the old introduction. Let's try that again. I'm sorry that was season 2A, Bob. Oatmeal was my favorite breakfast treat, but I couldn't say oatmeal, so I called it oatmo. Wake up and smell the oatmo. Oh, smell the oatmo. Wake up and smell the bacon, everybody. Wake up and smell the bacon and eggs, Boobwainian. You are just a constant presence, dear. Aw, not in the poltergeist kind of way. No, not in the poltergeist kind of way. Five, we all watched Jen finally die. Y'all called me and it was so darn cute, but it was Jim, what are you I doing? I had a splinter in my fist and I was looking for my tweezers. <laughs> Dumping everything she owns on the floor. Wait, are we, oh wait, you guys actually got quiet. I wasn't expecting you to actually get quiet. <laughs> Bob, we're on a time limit. Bob's getting very grumpy. Don't be grumpy. I, I'm not grumpy at all. I am drinking. Oh. I wish that I was. Ooh, Ooh that's going to be a fun party. Do you want to get vanilla ice cream? I do. Not like even that. a topping? God, this explains so much. Well, I got two points. How much did everyone else get? I got, I got three. I got one. I got a rock. How do you confuse necrophilia and narcolepsy? Words are similar. They start with N? Yeah. <laughs> Good letter thoughts, guys. Here it goes. Is an article of clothing something that you can wear on your body? Yes. Then I say condom. I say if Bob can say right here emphatically he's worn one outside the house just as he goes about his business. He Challenge accepted. <laughs> Race just says nope. Sorry, Bob. Yeah, right. Thought you'd have my back. Doesn't even have the front. <laughs> it's fracking cold here. Right, I feel as though maybe you should be writing down the setup because every week we do this. You're like, now how do I do this again? Rachel can hear. April cannot. April's always been a little picky, has she not? Oh, Bob's oh, no. slowing down. Oh, he's slowing down. We have everyone watching at the exact same time. It's a ginormous file. This is awesome. It's like Blu-ray quality. It's at like one-tenth speed bothering his buns. This is exceptional. You know, I'm turning 30 this year, and I'm not getting any older. People that had no interest in being my friend. Really? I need my you can see person. out of his one good eye, he might make it. Are you confusing the owl with the prickly wizard? Oh, I thought you were talking about the mech-mech-orgasm thing that Bobby <laughs> said one time. The mech-orgasm? That's hilarious. It's harder to say than my That's so wicked funny. That's the only thing I haven't been able to figure out. Oh, we'll get work on that right after the McGang bench. O-M-E, Jen. Bob is a boob man. Oh, I gave the episode. I want to go last. Wake up and smell the banana nut muffins, boobwainians. This 
is Point of View Weekly, the morning show yet not really morning show, a part of the Potterfic Weekly family of podcasts. I'm your host, Bob, and I'm sitting here at the table of awesome with some of my closest of friends, starting with my biffle, Ryan. Ryan, how's it going? I feel, Bob, like we're a grocery store that ordered too many bananas, and now we're trying to, like, have a sale. So now we're, like, <laughs> plugging the bananas in the beginning of the show. We're going to plug them in the clothes. I just feel like we're the banana episode. The banana episode. Oh, okay. To have so nothing I- to do with the story that got edited out about the pot. Oh, okay. I'm so confused now. Good. Anywho, also, also joining. <laughs> oh, I get it now. <laughs> also joining us is the only woman on the face of the planet that could stand being married to Ryan. <laughs> it's Danielle. Danielle, how are you? I love how that's my new title. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm good. Uh, banana muffins sound delicious. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, all food sounds delicious. <laughs> So, it's okay. And then we also have our favorite Canadian, Scott. Scott, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. I just finished some uh, butterscotch ice cream with peanuts, so there's my food thing for the day. Danielle now wants some. I know, now I'm like, "Mm, butterscotch ice cream. (laughs) This is what happens. This is what happens. (laughs) Sorry, we shouldn't mention any food things, apparently. No, it's okay. Apparently not. We're in the final stretch here. It's getting a little uncomfortable. It's getting... My, my, my kid kicked me today. Not like a, oh, like a little tap. Like a, I almost fell off the chair kind of kick. <laughs> I, I just want to say for the record, I was so goddamn close. So close to having an introduction. Yeah, it's not not breaking in with a monologue. Yeah, I got to Sue. Sue's introduction. And he had to go on about his kid kicking him and his, what not nuts. I don't know. What, Why did I say the nuts? Scott had the nuts. I had the banana. Sue, Sue, how are you? (laughs) I am good. Thank you very much. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. Ah, okay. (laughs) Go ahead, Ryan. I have I have nothing to add. (laughs) (laughs) I I have just received email from our favorite author. J.K. Rowling is emailing you again. Tell her to get lost. (laughs) No, 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 Cassandra Clare. <laughs> what does she want? <laughs> now! She wants me to read her new book. Tell her to go away. Is this actually from Cassie the Sioux, or is this like, greetings? It's from Goodreads. Oh. Ow. I, I just, before I deleted it, I had to say something. <laughs> before I deleted yeah, click. <laughs> so, Ryan, I have something to for the, quickly for the shoot the shit segment, which we are now starting because we've got so much to talk about we today. Do. I have started a new television series. Hmm. If it's Star Trek, we're getting nothing else done. <laughs> he already watches it's Star Trek. It's not Star Trek. Is it The Last Ship? It's not I tried to watch I, no, that, and it won't let me. I'm actually kind of angry, yeah, because uh, we recently switched to DirecTV, mm-hmm. and I'm on episode five, but apparently every other episode, every episode of, the, of this current season is available, except for episode five. So I want to probably find that through other means. Hulu Plus, if you have a free um, subscription, like a free, like your first month free or whatever, it's all on Hulu Plus is my understanding. Oh, really? I yeah. have Hulu Plus. Yeah, because, <laughs> well, there you go, problem solved. Anyway, um, but no, this is a series that I have never seen before. Right. You reference a shit ton of it. Right. And, not really a shit ton, you have referenced it. And... I have to admit, I've, I've gotten through the first two episodes, and I'm enjoying it so far. So you want to, Wait, you want do, to we get, do we get to 
do, oh, can yeah, you give us on. more hints? If give we me can a hint. Yeah, give me a hint. Okay, wait. I'm gonna say Babylon Five. No, no. No one had watched the first two episodes of Babylon Five and say it's a wonderful series. Um, Chuck. Hmm. He recommended a lot of things. <laughs> Battlestar Galactica. Nope. Yeah, he said sci-fi. it wasn't sci-fi. No. Well, I don't listen to things like that. Fine, I'll give you a clue. It's a drama. Gilmore Girls? No, 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 no. West Wing? West Wing. Really? So you watched the first two episodes. My mother-in-law just started watching it. So uh-huh. you're at the end After of, years of hounding her, that's why years. she finally gave in. Years. So you just watched the episode where Bartlett has decided he is not frightened. I think I'm maybe halfway to the second episode. I'm okay. not sure. He has a line where he says, I am not frightened. At the end of episode two. Only Ryan would know that. Well, I just went through <laughs> this. I just went through this with my, my mother-in-law. We were Ryan made the mistake of... Wooing me with a lot of lines from West Wing, it mostly, works. mostly um, Josh, mostly the character of Joshua Lyman's uh-huh. lines. Yes, and then he made the mistake of showing me West Wing, and I'm like, "Huh, um, <laughs> you are not nearly as original as I thought you were." And after you realize that, did we are doing that spot? We're already dating at that point. I have already invested. So what do you think of the characters? What do you think so far? You can apparently get some great pickup lines. As okay, I'm telling you. What do you oh, think yeah. so far? We'll see. What was that? What do you think so far? It's all right. Uh, it's not like amazing, but it's entertaining and it's something to watch when I can't find anything else to watch. The thing so. with the show, all I can tell you, season five, terrible. <laughs> Seasons one through four, the Republicans are like villains. Seasons, yeah, I kind of noticed that. Like, season six and seven, like you actually like... If you polled the audience, most of them actually would probably like the Republicans more than the Democrats. So it gets much more even. They kind of cast the Republicans as, um, sorry, Danielle just heard the, um. That coming from you? No, that was, okay. No one else actually heard that with us. So you just kind of like. Sorry. The whole thing. She just heard a little chime from the computer that didn't get recorded. Now I can't remember what I was saying. Do you remember? Something about Um, season five? Season five. Season five, terrible. Uh, the. Uh, actors they cast, they yeah, the actors they cast are actually really um, relatable. So the, the Republicans get to be really good. That's good. It's a really good show. Yeah. So I figured as good as writing, like, mm-hmm. Ryan would yeah. be proud of me for watching this. So I am very proud. We'll see how it goes. So what else do we have going on? So we have. Um, I just wanted to, to share this. I, I I put it up in the um, in the host um, thread a few days ago. So I have a twelve-year-old. EMAC, for those of you who remember the um, the educational Macs that they put out that they sold in the Apple retail stores back in like 2002, 2003. It was my mom's little computer, which eventually got her a laptop. The thing always worked, so I never got rid of it. So it just kind of sat because it's got the original Apple operating system, like the classic operating system before they switched to Intel chips. So mm-hmm. you can't really... Oh, God, that was classic gen right there. Mm-hmm. That's called Alex. So oh. the um, so a lot of the old games I used and I played a lot as a kid just don't work on the newer computers anymore. So I finally bought a keyboard because I, 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 I haven't had a keyboard for years. And I, I bought a mouse and, and I hooked the computer up again the other day and I found a bunch of my old games, including a game called Missions of the Reliant. And it was this um, multi-mission um, 
uh, game that came out. That I think you got the first mission free, and you're flying around the spaceship, and you're controlling the crew, and doing all this stuff. It was a lot of fun. And then if you, I think, bought the the shareware version of it, if you, I think it was like twenty bucks at the time, you got like the next two missions or whatever. And then you know, is free. So, no, uh, freeware is free. Shareware you pay for. Okay. So I ended up buying it back in the 90s and played it, and then, like, the computer got wiped and whatever. So I, I downloaded the thing again, and it won't let me play Missions 2 and 3. And I'm like, well, maybe there's, like, a find your or recover your, you know, code thing, because it's, it's literally been 20 years since, since this, I bought this game. So I go on, and it says, you know, click here to buy the game. Either I will mail you a floppy... <laughs> Or you can download it. You can pay by... Uh, oh, what is that? You you can pay by um, charge card. Or check, right? Or you can mail me a yeah. check. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? So if the guy's email... And the guy has an AOL.com email address. So I ended up emailing him anyway. And he wrote back within like four minutes. He's like, yeah. You just brought back lots of flashbacks of me sitting in my living room packaging these things. Here's the code. Enjoy. So, <laughs> so that was my fun story. Because I'm like, do you need my charge card? Like, I'm like, charge card? Like, charge I, card. I haven't heard that phrase in 20 years. So that was my flash from the the past version and the game is like so jumpy now because the computer is like so much faster than it probably was in like 2000 probably so apparently you were both correct um shareware is software that is distributed free on a trial basis with the understanding that you may need or want to pay for it later yes some of it is built to be to expire after 30 days or some such thing like that, and then you have to pay for it. Since we're going to talk later tonight about coming-of-age moments, one of the other games I have on there is this game called Rescue. And it was this classic Star Trek game that, because Paramount like sent out like you know, <coughs> cease and desist letters, they changed like the Romulans to the Romans and like the Klingons to the King Kongs or whatever, but it was a Star Trek game. And it was really addictive, it was really good, and I played it all the time. And I was in my sophomore year English class. My teacher was Mr. Gilmore. Really? He was this nerdy little guy who eventually became the, the computer teacher. And he was hooked on this game, too. Now, unbeknownst to him, I knew every code in the game. I knew every cheat. I knew where to buy the phaser cannon. I knew everything. So he said if I could show him how to beat the game, no one in class had homework. That was the day I became popular. Aww. And I just found rescue also Aww. on this computer as well. I'm so... That's I'm having a little nice. flashback moment here. I wonder if he still teaches. I think he's the computer so, teacher now. Nice. Yeah. So I have sort of breaking news. All right. Stephen ML uh, was working out this today, and he worked out. He was so powerful that the, the bar that he was using came loose and smacked him in the chin. Ooh. And he bit through his, almost bit through his tongue. Ouch. And uh, he says he's okay, but he's waiting for ice. And uh, he does not sound like himself at all. That's so we're, we're going to send good thoughts out to Stephen ML, who is uh, hurting at the moment. The other breaking news we had tonight is uh, Jimmy Carter 
has uh, yeah, looks like yeah. advanced cancer. Now, the thing I'll say about Jimmy Carter is he's a monumental pain in the ass. <laughs> but the world is a little bit of a better place since he was president. I mean, you know, the Iranian hostages were probably not too thrilled. And I'm sure, you know, anyone who tried to get a job in the late 1970s, you know, you know, doesn't speak very well of him. And I know all of his predecessors can't stand him. <laughs> but he did, you know, arguably make the world a better place. And he's had a very, you know colorful and, and, you know, great post-presidency. He's actually the most successful ex-president we probably ever had. He's he probably done, a lot of books, He's done right? more. Yeah, he travels everywhere. He and helps a every- lot. He, he's a real humanitarian. He's a humanitarian who just aggravates every person he's not feeding. That's the best Aww. I can say about Jimmy Carter, but, you know... God, he's probably done more in the world than I'll ever do, and he's he came out tonight that he has cancer, so that's yeah. very sad. So mm-hmm. it's actually interesting whenever you watch, um, like when the presidents get together in the Oval Office, they all kind of stand together and kind of put their arms around each other, then like way over in the corner. Um, Bob, this is where Leo's office is. Picture where we are in the Oval Office, over in the corner by Leo's office. That's where Jimmy Carter stands by himself. It's very sad. No, we stand with Jimmy Carter. Aww, he's a weird little man. He is a weird little man. He's not dead, but he's a weird little man. Well, his name was actually Jimmy. I think it's actually James. I think we were actually wrong. You you went around for years. I did. I thought his name was actually Jimmy. Jimmy. I thought his name was actually Jimmy. You give me misinformation. Know what he did do, though, which was weird? If you wanted to use the White House tennis courts and you were a staff member and they weren't being used, Mm -hmm. you could sign up in the book to use them, but the book was in the Oval Office. So you had to, like, interrupt a meeting with, like, the King of Egypt to sign up to use the. You don't want to do that. The tennis courts. It was a little weird. Yeah, just oh. So that's what Jimmy Carter brought to America, and it's hard to believe he didn't win a second term in office. Wow. Yeah. yeah, so we have that. So, shit. Shooting. Thrilling adventure hour. Danielle, mm-hmm. did you listen to the very last... <laughs> Danielle's standing here like, give me more. I'm like, give what me about more. <laughs> Did you listen to the very last Beyond Belief? Um, when did it come out? This week. No. Monday. I have not heard that one. I tried so. to download it after you said that you'd listen to that and it wasn't there, so I'm, it's hmm. weird. The last yeah, one that I got was Moonshine Holler. No, and, and they um, ended that one. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. He found his princess. Oops, spoilers. <laughs> And then, uh, Beyond Belief. What did I do? No, (laughs) you like spoilers. Here's how it (laughs) is. Um, Beyond Belief was really good, and they brought back a whole bunch of different characters and stuff like that. And there were, um, Hodgman was on there, and, um, Storm and Bob, what are their names? Storm and Paul and Storm. Paul and Storm. We're on there, and yeah, it was really neat. They just kind of threw in a bunch of characters that had been floating around for a long time, and huh. so they're they're stopping the podcast. Yeah, this is uh, the they're done. They've actually stopped recording. Well, the shows were in over May. April. May, in April. It? Oh, okay. Because weren't they going to try and have it into a TV series? Wasn't that their original? That's one of their ideas. I don't. I haven't heard anything else about it, so I don't know if okay. that's flying. That may still be but, happening. They, uh, yeah, this is it. Well, I have to feel like you've, there's certainly like a network Well, there's somewhere. years and years worth of podcasts that they did. I mean, they have so many episodes. Right, but I have to feel like, you know, it's not something you're going to see on CBS, but there's going to be like, you know, the, the you know the cooking channel or something probably needs something at like 10 p.m. or something. Like, there's got to be something that you can, 
you, you can do with them. Adventure hour. Yeah, yeah. it's gonna show up it. Right. It's fun to see their faces as they're performing it. Like just mm-hmm. again, yeah. you know. Oh, by the way, just throwing this out there. I have Cinemax now, apparently. So if anyone wants to watch Cinemax, come on over, because I'm never going to use it. I had my biannual fight with Comcast again. Biannual? It's getting to be bi-monthly. It's getting to be bi-monthly. And now they're throwing more stations I'm never going to watch at me. So if you would like to watch Cinemax, Showtime. You know, I think I have Telemundo 3. <laughs> like, just come on over. And we'll, we'll we really we don't do. need I, Telemundo I, I, I have 3. To, well, then I'm, I'm complaining to Melinda Leo today that I want to cut the cord, and she's telling me that Leo refused to do it. I'm like, well, just tell him to man up. I mean, you, sometimes you got to cut the cord. And we talked for 20 minutes, then I realized she meant the umbilical cord. So, <laughs> it's actually the... the, the uh, Oh, Bob. The original meaning of that phrase. Does Bob sound like he has, like, food poisoning this evening? No. He's, like, in the background going... "Mm -hmm." (laughs) Like, like I have to say, it sounds problematic. Bob is not feeling well. (laughs) Bob, I don't know. know. That's funny. It's funny, Ryan, because I saw your post about that this morning, and I belong to this... A Facebook group called Concerned Citizens of Columbia County. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that came up on my feed today was, we're thinking of cutting the cable cord. Not mm-hmm. interested in dish. Does anyone have, does anyone use an HD antenna and are you happy with it? Do you use a streaming device like Hulu? And I was like, hmm, I just saw this somewhere. <laughs> Sue, I would love to see you cut the cord because I would just love to see you cut the cord at that download speed. I think it would be... <laughs> kind of funny to watch you know my my netflix and stuff streams very well i don't know how that's possible how's that? i was just gonna say how's that i possible? don't understand how that's possible i just don't understand i it. don't know it so, works just fine for me so we're trying to figure out how to cut the cord and danielle's i scared the crap out of the cats today because she did upon finishing armada i was like well it was like 3 30 or so so i said well i can do some baking and then i can start dinner so I put on um, my iPad, we stream, we can stream movies, basically all the movies we own and TV shows that are like on our hard drives, we can stream on our iPad. So it's like a TV anywhere you want to go. And I recently so hooked it up to we, we, the, yeah, we hooked it up to a Bose sound system I found in the back. We've of had like closet. a Bose speaker for years that was a gift to Ryan and we haven't used it for a while, but it's Bose. So it's great really sound. Really loud. It's really loud. So, like, we got a Bluetooth device that allows the one we're playing a movie on the iPad to the sound to come through the bows. So, it was like, well, I just finished Armada. I'm feeling all sci-fi. So, I put on Star Wars A New Hope. And it was really, really loud. Like, way louder movie, than I was expecting. There apparently is a musical st- a score, if you haven't no, seen it. No, not even just the music, but the opening sequence with, like, the Star Destroyers. Yeah. And I'm like, okay... I just scared the crap out of my cats. They just, like, ran out of the room. They're like, what's going on? <laughs> I was really impressed with the sound. I came home. It seems a little loud. <laughs> so loud. Well, you know, when you're cooking, you're making noise. So you have yeah. to have it loud enough to be able to. Yes. But then, like, our internet, I don't know, it couldn't keep up with it today. For whatever reason, it kept mm-hmm. it kept breaking up. So I had to stop. It was sad. Sue, ever since she came here, our internet's been on the fritz. Yeah. I know. It's, it's all my fault. No, your internet well, was on the fritz before I got there. Well, that was a Blu ray file, I think. Oh, yeah. That was. That was so, very I mean, it's a huge file to try to be streaming. Huge. But the sound was good. It's huge. 
Bob, how's the food poisoning, buddy? <laughs> no, I'm just going over my notes for our... <laughs> well, you all talk about things relevant to you. I will be reviewing and revising. No, I'm listening. Very much so. Bob contacted me earlier today. For the most part. It was right when I got home and you know, we we're about to eat and I do some stuff. He's like, can we, can we talk? I want to you know, prepare something for the podcast tonight. I'm like, I'll get back to you later. Bob, I want you to know I have time now. <laughs> oh, okay. I was going to say, well, I don't know if we'll end up doing it tonight, but I have, uh, I came up, well, I told this to Sue, this morning, I, it was my day to sleep ends, but I like woke up Wait, like- I, Let me interrupt you for just one moment. He told okay. it to me because Ryan was not available to talk to. Oh, yes, exactly. He's, so I was like- throwing that out there. I was just like, stupid Ryan never shows up. Oh, no. But uh, no, I came up with this, this game called Ultimate Dinner Party. And it's, oh. like, it's a, it's called, a, it's a short game. It's something that we could play if we have, we needed some time to kill tonight. I don't think we'll probably do that, but you never know. Uh, it's basically a competitive game about inviting people to a dinner party. So, yeah, that's what I wanted to talk mm-hmm. about. But if we have time tonight, which I don't know if we will or not, if we don't, we can play some other time. Uh, maybe we can do it. It's actually, a, the idea is that it's supposed to be a very quick game. Cool. Like five to ten minutes tops. Cool. Is there anything else we want to shoot the shit before we get into our main topic of Armada? I think we should get into the main topic. I, I have one thing, but uh, the phone's going. Oh, interesting. So, Actually, no one heard that until you said yeah. the yeah, phone no, is yeah, going. Exactly. It's because I was on mute the whole time. But no, even that, even now we can't hear it. We just hear you talking about it. Okay. So that was well, an unfortunate. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> well, we're waiting so, on the phone. Anyhow. So anyhow, um, I just want to know how much money Ryan has thrown at the Star Trek thing so that he can get a rock walk-on roll. I have to admit this to Sue. Sue contacted me this morning. Did you see this? And it's, it's a walk-on roll in Star Trek 3. And she was all excited. Here's the deal. You don't like Star the new Star Treks, right? I don't like the new Star Treks. Um, I like the, fir- the first. One. I like the first one just fine. The first one was really good. The second one was not very good. So, so you're what you're saying is you're fifty fifty on the new Star Trek. Well, the first one was good because it had Nimoy and it was kind of yeah. going over all the old stuff. Now it's trying to do its own thing, and I'm like. Mm. Mm. And that's kind of the noise I make to myself. Mm. So I was like, yeah, Star Trek food poisoning. I sound like I have Star Trek food poisoning. That's correct. So I'm not going to, you know, really get too broken up if I can't do a walk on roll. Because I might have to tell them what they're doing wrong while I'm there. <laughs> well, that yeah. would go over really Because I have a few things. Like, Carl, stop doing a DeForest Kelly impression. You have to be your own McCoy. Like, that drives me. Nuts. Um, be your own man. Seriously, be your own man. Like, Pine's doing fine. What? No. Why did I just do that? All right, this is the part where Danielle's having trouble with her oh. Kindle, but she's not supposed to be on right now. She just actually no. highlighted the entire book. That was not supposed to do that. It was supposed to highlight. <laughs> no! Okay, okay. Why All right, whatever. Here, you, it, you talk to the, to, the, to the people listening right now, and I will fix your Kindle. So you talk. I was getting prepped for Armada. I was looking at the highlights, the highlight uh, that we did, but I that one's all screwed up. Mm-hmm. So I don't find this Kindle easy to highlight. <laughs> I was not. listening to the um, music mix a little bit earlier. 
Mm. Oh, yeah, and that really neat that you posted that. It what well, it actually is in the Kindle version too. If you, it's if in you, the audio version yeah. too. If you, too. I'm sorry, I just yeah. actually hit okay. the microphone. With yeah, you. like it. It was actually, I think it was. Um, uh, was it the epilogue and then that mixtape and then the acknowledgements? I think, but either way, it's there. You get to see it, and it's like oh, the hand. Good. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. I like that that was in there. Mm. I just was really amused that they. They did it as the photocopy of the old yeah. Max L tape cover. And- Remember those? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, long time. Man, ago. I used to love making mixtapes. Uh, very quickly before we officially start our Armada, um, I have a pseudo pouvoir announcement to make. Um, if I can figure out the technologies, and I'm pretty sure I can. Uh, one of the things that we used to do on the show was live stream. And because of technical reasons, mainly the place that we used to live stream sucked horribly, we stopped live streaming. Um, I think I have found a way for us to live stream through Twitch uh, and using the Poofa Games channel. Uh, or Poofa Plays, I'm sorry, Poofa Plays. Mm-hmm. So uh, probably not so much the rest of this season, but maybe the the next season of Point of View Weekly, we'll, we'll go back to having some sort of live stream on top of what we already do with our podcast. And we should probably just clarify, too, um, one of the things we're doing. This is usually around the time we would have started season four of the podcast. And you would know that because we would all just take a weekend off and, and try and find clips of things to you put in the intro, usually Sue saying, you know, can you help me get it up? And, and you know, various Aww. other, basically Bob groaning a lot. And, you know, yes. <laughs> so we, we have, as he grows, we have the intro for some reason. Yeah. We, we have yeah, a lot. Cause Ryan always did that episode intros. Yeah. Cause he didn't want to get that far into an actual episode. We, so we can always, you know, count on that. Put that together. We can always Sue. count on that. No, actually Sue, I actually, Sue picked out some of her favorite ones, but I, was actually the one who put like all those embarrassing things in there. I should yeah, no, no, no more introductions in the introduction. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm not getting any older. So what happened was <laughs> I, I, to say, I think I think for our fourth season introduction, yes. we need to go back and do like a compilation because we usually just do like season to season to season. Yeah. And granted, mm-hmm. it's going to be over a hundred episodes to go through, but I think we can do it. The problem we had was this would be season four now, but what ended up happening was there was a blizzard in New England. Danielle and I were trapped in the house and the TV wasn't working. So now we're having a kid. So we have to take some time off for that. What? (laughs) We were going to have a kid anyway. They don't know that. So we're going to, we're going to take a a brief hiatus. um, Three month hiatus. Three months. We're going to go on maternity leave. We're going on maternity leave. What's going on maternity leave? I actually get paternity leave. I think that's really cool. So um, we're. We're probably going to go out. So, well, Bob, I love, sent me that. And I do love Bob because, you know, he's just so fun. Um, mm-hmm. Sends me a message saying, all right, Danielle's due date's the 23rd, right? I'm like, yeah. He's like, all right, should we stop podcasting, I think, on the 5th or the 12th? I'm like, well, here's the deal. <sighs> the due date's kind of like a guess. It's kind of like when the guy jumps out of the plane. It's like the little mark on the ground where he's going to try and land. You know, the baby might be born, you know, in September. The baby might be born in November. We just don't know. He's like. So you want the 5th or the 12th? <laughs> exactly. 
Ask me about a plan for these things, Ryan. I'm like, I'll take the fifth, please. Thank you. I know. People keep asking me, like, when's your last day of work? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea. When are you having the baby? I'm thinking... I'm like, hmm, if I could only decide when I have this child. Hmm, that would be so easy. Because I don't know if I told the story in the podcast. Our best friends, their baby, you know... Yeah, I told, five weeks early. He came five weeks early. And it got to the point where they're in the hospital. And, like, the nurse looks and says, yeah, I need a doctor here now. And she was freaking out that something happened to her baby. And, and the nurse is like, don't move don't push don't don't move or the baby's gonna fly across the room so you never know get your catcher's mitts out exactly oh god no i know i'm just saying for the planner inside of me whether or not you guys are able to make those episodes we should still plan oh yeah I'm going to show up at like 9 o'clock in the morning for the recording because it's a daytime I can't see the light (laughs) I can't yeah, so, but, so, so basically, I guess this is our, we, we're announcing this, yeah, so we're going to be going off, we're going to be going off the air, um, early October, and we will not be returning until 2016, yes. so we're going to be taking the holidays off and all that time, give the time to the Fishers to shut, we, set, set up with their whole We'll be doing stuff, thing. we'll be doing some stuff, I think there's a Christmas recording. There, yeah, there is a Christmas, Christmas special that I'm super excited about, the oh my Christmas. god. Yes. I, I have not been this excited. It's like the ultimate plot bunny, and <laughs> it's a plot bunny for a audio play. I've talked with Cora. Cora's down to write it. Sweet. Uh, yeah, and it's going to... Cora's the one who brought you my date with Dolores Umbridge, in case... <laughs> Cora is that, yes. Did not yes. listen to the last episode. Basically, <laughs> but this is, this is going to be... I, I'll give a little bit of a very quick synopsis. Uh, it takes place uh, at Hogwarts in the during the winter holidays of 1998 and focuses in on a Hufflepuff seventh year named Ryan. Oh boy. And basically the hijinks that happened around the holidays and a special holiday ball because everyone's freaking depressed because everyone got killed off by Voldemort. (laughs) It's going to, it's going to, it's going to be an interest. It's actually going to be a love story. Oh boy. Uh, So you'll have to wait and see how that all goes down. So, that should uh, be fun. Well, actually, probably there are probably more roles than just us, so we may actually be looking out into the community for anyone who wants to record a couple of lines of dialogue for us. So. You know what I was just thinking, and I've never thought of this, and I have no idea why. You know how with politics, like, every time something big happens, like, Fox News will have, like, one type of banner, and, like, MSNBC will go the complete other way, mm-hmm. characterizing the same event. I'll, like, I don't know why I just thought of this, but I'm picturing live coverage of the grounds of Hogwarts this May 2nd, 1998, another school shooting. Like, all I can picture, Aww. I don't know why I can picture <laughs> that. That just came in my head. I have no idea why. All right, moving on. That's so, bad. It's terrible. It's awful, really. Okay, what, oh. I have one other thing. I have a shoot the shit too. Go ahead. Go ahead, Sue. Go ahead. This entire episode is going to be shoot the shit. Amara. Amada. 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 We at Potterfic Weekly and Pufwa and Point of View Weekly and the Pufwa Exchange would like to congratulate Deathrill and Catherine on also being pregnant and expecting a baby boy in November. It was a really long winter in New England. Apparently it was. It was was like 12 weeks of snow, roads closed, you know what I mean? Like, there was nothing good in the movie theaters. You know, he clearly does not have Cinemax. It's just so, we we congratulate (laughs) Death and Catherine. I I honestly feel like this is like the next generation, kind of like, you know, Draco's kid and Harry's kid. (laughs) It'd be like my kid and Death's kid. 
very amusing. You, yours will be podcasting and his will be writing. It'll work out just fine. Somebody asked me if death was having a, a boy or a girl, and I said boy, and all they did was giggle at me. So I'm thinking they're thinking that maybe your two kids are going to have to get together. Um, Danielle, Danielle would like to weigh in on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's very so. Our, my, you know, our, da- our daughter is spoken for. Yes, our, yes, uh, yes, yes. Our, our friend who the baby on the shelf across the room, we refer to him as son-in-law. So we've already um, sold off the kid for like sheep in a okay. box of beads. We have three seconds of shoot the shit three left. Three seconds so. of shoot the shit. Okay. Go. My friends, D&D group, going to be playing Aurors. One of them wants to be a squib. What do you guys think? Ooh. Interesting. Yeah. How can you be a squib and be an Auror? I don't get uh, that. You can't. No. How can you be a Klingon monk who's my security chief? I love it. <laughs> well, yes. Fire phasers. I can't, Captain. There must be another way out of this. Like, I love yeah. stuff like that. Well, it's interesting. I think he originally did it to troll me. But then I think he fell in love with the idea, and like he says, he's going to tell me the backstory tonight. But he says like his main thing of like being able to like get into magical combat is that he uses magical artifacts. But then Sue in so conversation, you'd have to be yeah. like the gadgeteer or something. Mm. Yeah, but the thing is, is, don't you have to be magical to use magical artifacts? I would think, uh, right? It depends on th- there's like a, well, a range of it, like. Squibs can do use potions and things like um, that's true. Uh, they can. Argus Filch yeah. has well, the magical mess remover. And you stuff. can play around with it. I read a fic once. It was a two parter, and the first part was like year seven, and part two was year eight. And at the end of year seven, um, Voldemort was defeated, but Harry lost his magic. So year eight was him coming to terms with the fact that he's no longer magical. He's he's essentially a squib. And like he got a job at the ministry, but he doesn't want people to know. So he Arthur made him. Um, a port key that goes to the ministry and he would walk into the flu and, and use and like like Arthur also gave him he gave him something that would that would like you know simulate the bang of the of, of the flu network and then he would port key and he, there was ways he was faking magic while using port keys and, and you know the like so something like that would work but yeah I mean yeah. I, I'm not sure that squibs I, could necessarily make potions, possibly. Uh, uh, they could make, like, court keys and other things that require you to cast magic, but they can use magical stuff that's already mm-hmm. created. I'm just I thinking think it might of that. Be really but yet, Filch walks around with a mop and a bucket. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't use magical means to do anything. Was that from Order, or was that from Deathly Hallows? The- no, it was, it was when the castle was half destroyed and Filch was just walking around. He's like doing mop. stuff by hand. Like he's walking he around a mop. Yeah. yeah. I'm just remembering that was the, the first skill challenge. Worst job ever. Yeah. Because that first skill challenge of the game is picking like your way back to the Ministry of Magic. And it's like, I guess he's just going to have to get in a car and, and drive. But that would be great. I think that would. And I want you to be a Klingon. Well, then mop. again, like. I, I'm a, like what? A squib couldn't ride a broom? If somebody was fluing with him, he could go. Somebody could side yeah, along, apparate him. Well, someone else would have to be on the broom. Why? So we think like a squib really couldn't ride a broom. You somebody Dudley stole the firebolt. He could go flying I around. I don't know. No, I think you have to be somewhat magical. No, because yeah, because you the, have to say up to the broom first, right? In that mm-hmm. first, part, yeah, yes, yeah. The broom works off your magical. Although, signature. do you ever notice that they never ever do that ever again when they fly? Maybe they do wandless yeah. magic. Remember that's that? true. Th- that was like, let's learn how to use a broom, and they say up, but then from then on, they just kind of jump on the thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe they could have jumped on it then, but this is trying to get them. It's kind of yeah. Uh, I don't know. The calculus of the magical world. 
you learn it, but then you never ever use it. Yeah, exactly. You do whatever you, you want. You know what also pisses me off? On yeah. st- well, I, I don't. Sue's rolling around, but I think it's what, I think it's Alex. What really pissed me off was on Star Trek. You remember the little communicators when you're on the planet? You have to tap your chest to call someone else. On the Enterprise, half the time they tap the thing, and half the time they just speak into the air, and the computer sends the call. Why do they keep tapping it? Same thing. Mm-hmm. Don't know. It's fun. Yes. So, I'm going to see an episode now where it's like, um, Picard to Engineering. I'm sorry, that section of the computer is down. (laughs) 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 Please enter your destination manually. Wait, here. Let me write a note about that. Computer (laughs) down for fate. Okay, good. (laughs) Great job, Scott. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Never give the Dungeon Master ideas. All right, so... Armada. Armada. A couple of weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, or a month or two ago, we made the decision to, for homework, read Ernest Cline's second book, Armada. Uh, The first book that we have covered of his was Ready Player One, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is my favorite book of all time. Yes, more so than the Harry Potter novels. Wow. Um, But basically, Armada is a space opera slash suspense thriller. Uh, it came out uh, about a month ago on July 14th, 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a nerdy, spacey adventure story uh, mm-hmm. featuring a character named Zach Lightman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and well, I, we get to, I don't know if we want to go into all the characters, but um, yeah. And it so, looks a lot like the last Starfighter, but that's acknowledged in the text, so you can get away with it. <laughs> yeah, it's like last. Uh, yeah, well, one of the things, yeah, that I feel like Ernest Klein does a really good job with is he's he outright just mentions all the things like movies, you know, video games, mm-hmm. and whatever that you, has that has been clearly yeah real. It's just like right, stuff. and then, like he clearly is influenced by all these things. But what's great about it is he acknowledges it outright, and so in that sense, to me, his books are not they don't come across as unoriginal or derivative, unlike some other authors, <laughs> Cassie Clare. So God. it kind of works. It works for Ernest Klein, I think. Right. The hate is strong with this one. And he has, and Danielle has never, and she's, <laughs> really read, two, she's read two fan fictions her entire life, so it's not even a fandom thing. It's um, really not a it's, fandom It's not thing. a fandom thing at all. And the thing, like, I remember laughing my ass off reading The Hunger Games sometimes. If you just have a, a, a good writing style, it's fun to read it regardless of what it's about. Well, I like Ernest Klein's writing style. I love his writing yeah. style. His writing style is really good. Like, I think there was one... I'm going to try and find it. There was, like, one line in there that I thought was kind of – like, I remember thinking this is about as close as we're going to get to th- the dirt and the things that grow in dirt. Yeah. Like, there was one was line say, I, I thought was – Yeah, you, I remember you highlighted something and you wrote, like, weak dialogue. But I think one of the things he does generally very well is write dialogue. Yeah. I mean, his mm-hmm. – especially between characters. It's fun to read. It's natural. Um and it's fun because most of his characters are nerds and geeks. And so the stuff that they talk about – is stuff we would all talk about, you know, making references to Star Wars and mm-hmm. all the or great like conversation between his friends. And, yeah. uh, about the, what's the best weapon? Yeah, and it was like what sting? Versus yeah, for <laughs> all oh, versus um Thor's hammer, right? Thor's hammer. Yeah, so takes right. Thor's hammer's 
I would take that side of the argument, but yeah, I mean, because it's like it's like you're kind of amongst friends because mm-hmm. I mean I don't know if you guys all have friend nerdy friends like this, but I do. Well, it's you, and, but yeah, huh? it's you guys. You, you're actually yeah. my nerdy friend. Okay. <laughs> I am. Um, I went. Yeah, I, I went through the Hobbit diet the other day at work, saying that's how I eat now. And my my turned around, and my two friends are looking at me like, "Oh my god, she's gone off the deep end." I'm like, "Really." Hobbit diet? No. Nothing? No. I hang it in my kitchen. Yeah. Now it's you guys. <laughs> you guys <Yeah>. understand. <laughs> you, you get it. We get you. So, but yeah, no, like, it's definitely, that's why, that's why I, like, I resonate with a lot of his writing. Mm-hmm. Is because it, it feels, like, listening to his character speak makes me feel like I'm hanging out with my friends. Yeah. I so. would actually say, um, sort of pursuant to what you said in last week's episode, that I actually liked Armada better than Ready Player One. What? Mm. Because I think for me it's because there there are, um, it is more modern day and I don't need to know all the 80s references. There still are some because he's got his stuff that he's got from his dad and things like that, but it's, um, it's not surrounded in that quite as much. I think... Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead, Scott. No, I was finished. I think you were done. Okay. I think the interesting thing about Armada compared to, say, Ready Player One... Um, by the way, full spoilers for both books. If you haven't read either of these books and you want, yes. don't want to be spoiled, please turn us off. We'll catch you next week oh, for our been. 100th episode special. Until then, farewell. For the rest of you, you're in for a treat. Um, what <laughs> I would say is that... Um, Ready Player One was written to be a book. Armada was written to be a movie. Um, or a more... He's actually working on the screenplay right now. Right. And they're both going to be movies. But um, he actually... He, he knew actually when sold... he started that there was going to be right. a movie. Yeah, yeah he, he, he sold the rights to the concept to be a book and to be a movie. So, you, and I feel that you can kind of, you can tell that as you read down. it. It's more stripped down. It's more mainstream. It's got its nerd. It has its nerdy feel to it, but it's just kind of like mm-hmm. where I think I told this to Sue. Um, where Ready Player One's references were the story, the eighties the, the references and the gaming references and the movie references were the story. Armada, they're this just kind of there to be spice for what's going on because you. You could essentially do a space alien invasion story without the 80s references. It's just kind of there to give it a little bit of flavor. I kind of disagree with that a little bit, only because they made such a, I don't know, he made such a big deal about Zach's father. You know, when he found all of his father's stuff in the attic at kind of the beginning of the book, and he's like, you know, my father had this timeline with movies and all video games and stuff. And he made this complete timeline of when stuff came out Mm -hmm. to me. It was like, that's a really important part of this story because this is like him saying these movies came out timed specifically to get us like accustomed to the idea of aliens and then alien invasions. And then he even went further in to say that like George Lucas didn't fund the movie completely by himself, but he was like someone else was involved that was secretly working with the EDA that was making sure these movies came out like star Wars and whatever. And I mean, he had this whole elaborate timeline of all this stuff 
And it turns out that it, he was right. Like he was, this was really important yeah. to like getting the human race kind of used to the idea and ready. So it's like, yeah, these are great movies and video game references, but like that was central mm-hmm. to the story. I thought. At least that's how I saw it. Like, it it was sort of like this one crazy guy saying, like, well, no, Star Wars wasn't just a movie. It came out because of this. And, I mean, it's like the guy was right. True. I mean, okay. Mm. Let me rephrase It's interesting seeing the progress of that from, oh, gosh, my dad was a complete nut mark. Right. Like, he was nuts. Exactly right. Right. Holy cow. My dad was right and is, you know, now on the moon. And I thought that I just thought that was kind of interesting because then even at the end when they're like when they're on moon when they're on the moon base he's like yeah look around this is like totally stolen from like Alien and all these movies that so it's like those movies and and references actually had practical like use in throughout the story which they probably didn't necessarily have in Ready Player One and Ready Player One was just kind of like more fun you know what I mean like it was like oh I get to play out my favorite part of this movie which was like really fun to watch but in this in this book I feel like he almost is taking it to the next level well, the thing about I've gotten people who would never read anything which I've ever read in my, my own life to read like I have a coworker who loves you know trashy romance novels like I heard the read really player one and the way I sold it is I'm like well here's the plot line of, of, of the book it's 20 30 years from now and you know everyone is addicted to their computers and their internet and their doors which are swinging because they're not oiled <laughs> whatsoever um, you know every and then they're walking this is like a radio play this is interesting it's like, <laughs> like I'm sorry, I have animals. It's like they let themselves in. <laughs> it's like walking back and forth, banging the bots together. All right, so it's <laughs> we're in the door again. So you know, it, I'm like it's 30 years in the future, and the world has gone to shit, and there's famine, pestilence, and death, and everyone is just addicted to their technology, and they're all obese. And she's like, "This is going to happen. This yeah, is know, like right? fictional. Like the odds of this not happening are like astronomically small." So you get into it, and that's basically the thing. People are addicted to the internet. Yes, and there's a silly little quest he goes through and what comes of that and you know, all the, uh, the cool moments of that. But that's basically Ready Player One. It's this simple idea, you know, take what's happening in the world today, progress it 40 years later, and, and, and have a story in that environment, mm-hmm. which is really cool. The thing with, with Armada, to me, it feels like the episode of a TV series where the showrunner is leaving – and wants to do everything he can one more time. So the show has, you know, there's a battle scene and there's a romance scene and there's, you know, the, the, the scene where everyone makes up and there's the sappy scene. Like, it feels like, you know, tried to do too much. Like, my favorite scene in it was actually the briefing with the Admiral where you hear about the swastika mm-hmm. on Europa mm-hmm. and you hear it's like it's world building. You mean like the first briefing they had? The first briefing. This is how things went different. There's actually aliens it's plausibly put out there how it happened and how all the greatest scientists kind of went along with it and it, it it's very um it's a very small thing it's a very quiet scene up until the moment where everything falls through the roof but it's a quiet scene but it changes the world and i what I, I like those quiet scenes, but it felt like, okay, now we're going to, you know, everyone get into your little video terminals. We're going to blast the enemy now. And then it became 
it went from this quiet scene about this kid in a, in a classroom to now there's aliens and here's plausibly how. And okay, now we're going to fight them. And now you're going to become like the ambassador to Vulcan. And now, you know, Hillary Clinton's the president. And now you run over here and, you know, we're having a coup. And it's like, it felt like too many big, big, big things were happening. And he kept trying to like outdo himself. And th- that was actually it. like I felt yeah. so far removed from the beginning of the story by the end. So that so I think that was kind of the point though is that because even even Zach himself references the entire time saying like how was I at school this morning mm-hmm. and now tonight I'm on the moon. Yes, like he even he even says like wow this is happening really fast. It's like 24 hours. But the thing is like it. This is why this book keeps you up. That didn't really bother me. Right. I, it moved very fast as a story, and a lot happened, but it didn't bother me. I'm doing the unfortunate thing of comparing it to really. Play I think well. it has the. Well, I don't know. I see. I think part of the reason I didn't like Cassandra Clare at all is she was incredibly wordy, and it took too damn long for things to happen. Mm-hmm. This I like. This is concise writing. This is just. This is what's happening. It didn't feel rushed to me, but it also didn't feel overdone. Like things, you know. I, Well, the writing style, I mean. I agree with Ryan. There just seemed to be some things in the book that just seemed like, why did we really need that? Like, his relationship with What's-Her-Face. Like, I don't even remember her name. With Lex? Yes, thank you. I thought that was great. It was cute. I thought it was great. He's like this kid who's like, oh, man. Then I see this girl, and he's super shy, and, like, he doesn't know if he should say anything. But then she left. Yeah, but, but they kept in contact the whole time. He, he, he not the whole time. Yeah, they did. At the end. No, they... Okay, so they get sent to different bases where they're fighting for a period of hours. The first thing they do is make sure each other is okay, and she's got his back. Yeah. At that moon battle, that last thing that took out the basilisk for them, that was her. No, I understand it was her. I felt like the pacing was just... It was just... It was weird pacing. I got that she was the love interest. I like the way that she was. I don't know. I loved like that whole scene with them in the, before the briefing where she was like, dude, keep I walking. Like, you're not, you're not sitting yeah. here. And then he's like, oh, no, I just want to sip your booze. And I love that she had an R2-D2 flask, yeah. by the way. But like, I don't know. I loved that. Like, he, that was great, I thought. What seemed a little weird was, and I liked it too from what we got of it. It just seemed like it was like, they, they tried to cram so much in so like we met these characters and then they're all gone. Now we have all these characters. Then they're all, half of them are dead. Then we got these characters and now you go back to the first characters and it was kind I, I, I don't see that though. When he went to the moon and he met, all, then all of a sudden it's all the people on the on the um, shovel going to the moon. Yeah, but at the end of the story he's still with his best friends, the Mikes. I mean, they're all still in this story. Right. One of the things, too, which kind of, and this is the last thing I'll say, I want to say this, and then I'm going to say what I thought the story was going to be about. And part of it, too, is I'm comparing it to Ready Player One, and I'm comparing it to what I thought was going to happen, mm-hmm. and it was different, is that by the end of the story, it kind of became almost like a Hunger Games thing. I didn't like the writing at the end of Catching Fire. No, not Mockingjay. I didn't like the writing at the end of Mockingjay. At the end of the story, it was, and then the aliens came, and they gave us cures to diseases, and they gave us all this technology, and they did, I'm like, well, what technology did they give? He got the, it was well. Here's part of this. Yeah, it's. If I it, just watched an interview with him. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say yeah, it's written to be a, a, at least a sequel and probably a trilogy. Okay. So there is more to come, and Ready Player One is the same. He is Ready he's Player going Two. To, 
That'd be great. Right? That'd be awesome. Yeah, and he he's already got he's got the domains for all of those. Great, sweet. That was the, at the end of it. It was like, do you remember the fic where um, it was the one where Harry Potter is real and 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 you know, Maura Kennedy meets all the characters, yes. and she's yes. like, Molly was nothing like she believed, like was nothing like she seen from the books. Doesn't tell us why. Like Molly's just different. Like, mm-hmm. Is she green? So, it, like, I felt like that by the end of it, it was like, and and, and they changed the world. Well, how? Like, I, and I get that that's totally fair if there's gonna be a sequel, but it seemed like it was a lot of like it, it went from this like minute by minute Jack Bauer tale to like, and then famine, you know, ended, and then he had a good day, and it seemed like it jumped. What I thought was gonna happen because I'm thinking quiet scenes. In the beginning, he thinks he's nuts. He thinks his father is nuts. Mm-hmm. There were so many ref. I'm thinking here. I'm like, okay, a plane that looks like the plane out of his computer game lands on school grounds. It's and a ship. It's ship. not a plane. Ship. And it takes him off. And the only how are the ships described? Which the, ship? The type of flight. The, our ships. The ships. The tra- the one that transports him to the moon, mm-hmm. and then the one that transports him to like Iowa or whatever. Mm-hmm. How is the flight described? Like very it's smooth, super seamless. Smooth. Yeah. He gets in the thing. It's super smooth. He gets out. He's there. They plug him into a room. He sees a simulation where he's flying around in this airplane. Mm-hmm. He sees the ground burning. He gets onto another ship. Completely seamless. Looks out the window. There's the moon. Lands in the moon. Now you're in the moon. There's your dad. I'm thinking here. I'm like, either he's nuts and he's legitimately nuts and he's actually dreaming all of this. But with all of the references to this is too convenient, this seems like a game, this isn't how Mm -hmm. it's supposed to go, the ships are seamless, we're not actually there, we're flying it by remote. I thought you were going to find out at the end of this, there are no aliens, they're not in space, that's not the moon. They, you Literally, you're in like a box. That's one big simulation. The whole thing is simulated for whatever reason to unite the world, to scare the Russians, to do something. And I thought at the end of it, you were going to find it actually wasn't. A thing which would make sense to me because it's a it's a little outlandish the fact that there will be aliens who are putting us through this massive test and you know Nixon bombed Europa and all that so I thought it was going to be a much quieter thing and instead of this you know computer game where you know see how many aliens you can blow up I thought it was going to be more of a psychological mm-hmm. story which sometimes I think are more interesting so I was expecting that and then and I highlighted them because Danielle read the same copy as me I highlighted every time I thought. There was a reference to this is too convenient. Well, it was too convenient, but for another reason. And right. where he con- he's contacted by the head pod person and, you know, negotiates, you know. I don't know. I. Or admittance into. I, I thought know, it was going to go somewhere else. Yeah, no, I understand that the storyline itself didn't bother me. It reminded me strongly of Q. Yeah. Yeah. And the very first time we see Q and. Q, Q never gave a shit. It reminded yeah, me but he's like else. testing humanity. He did, but he was just a jackass. Well, he was just a jackass, but it's what it reminded me of. It does actually remind me of another Star Trek episode. I can't think of which one at the moment. But, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much. Well, and, I mean, what does it say about humanity? And what does it say about us? Right. That, you know, yeah, there's this giant swastika, but they put that up there because they wanted to see what we were going to do. And what did we do? 
We bombed everything and we tried to kill them. Oh my God, the Nazis blow up. Well, they gave us all the rope that we needed to hang ourselves. Mm-hmm. All I could picture and was we stepped into that noose and tied it ourselves. All I could picture was the Puffwanian who reached out to Sue because in her culture, the swastika is a peaceful. Well, actually, he mentions that though. Yeah, all, that's yeah. all I could picture from the bit that came up. Like, oh God, they're like sending us flowers and we're going to nuke them. No. But I loved the line about it was like, of course, Nixon sent a fucking nuke or something yeah. like that. It was great. <laughs> I'm like, um, Nixon. Nixon. Like, Nixon. damn it, Richard Nixon. You screwed Richard it up Milhouse Nixon. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think Bob has I don't know, I, it, though. It yeah, was a good, it's a good a story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's good at spinning a yarn. There was a lot of momentum. Yes, there was a lot of stuff in it, but it did. He did keep the momentum up. Yeah. Which is why you should not try and start reading this book at 11, because... Because <laughs> <laughs> you will be up all night. <laughs> mm-hmm. As both Scott and I can... Did you do the audio one, Bob? I did, uh, which was read by Will Wheaton again. Yeah. Basically, Ernest Klein said that basically any and every book he will ever write. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, they actually cool. wanted Ernest Klein to read it, and he said, oh, no, no, no. No. Will. I'm, I'm not an actor. <laughs> I'd have Will Wheaton do it. That's great. I, and, and I loved what he said about Will, too, because he said, you know, I loved Stand By Me. It's my favorite show of all time, and that... Uh, while everybody else was hating Wesley Crusher, I identified with him. He yeah. was me. Yeah. And so when they asked me, you know, who I wanted to read this, I knew exactly who I wanted to read it. Awesome. And I just thought that was really cool. Um, on a slightly side note, uh, Lena of the Butterbeer Experience, because mm-hmm. I know we have some Harry Potter fans amongst us. Uh, her, This is her Ready Player One is her boyfriend's favorite story. And... So she was reading it because he kept saying, you have to read this. <laughs> and I mentioned to her that she could get Will, re- Will to read it to her. And she did. And she's actually on a long car drive right now. She's visiting family. So she's, Absolutely. That one was not me. That was, that was me. I accidentally knocked over um, an iPad. <sighs> so, but it was just, she was... She really has enjoyed it and is enjoying Will read it to her. And I just thought it was really fun that that uh, other people that we know are reading it as well and, and just now picking it up. So. Well, I've got to clarify, too. I'm comparing it to one of the best books of all time. So it's, you know, the fact that it's coming I'm not up a sure little short. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure that's fair. It's not fair, but people are do different it. stories. People are comparing um, uh, like, Casual Vacancy, which was a well, terrible book, right. to Harry Potter. I, I think it – like if you look at Harry Potter – like books one through seven, I think it's fair to compare Harry Potter, right. but I wouldn't compare Harry Potter to like Cuckoo's Calling. Right. The, right. I just yeah. wouldn't. I mean, they're, they're totally different genres. They're different. Not that these are different genres. I would say they're probably pretty similar for Ernest Klein, but I don't know. I tried to judge it separately and not just mm-hmm. compare it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I did, I even said to Ryan, like, cause when I first started the first couple chapters, I was like, oh, I'm like, oh, it's okay. It's like, all right. Uh, not much is happening. It's okay. Like, it's but then once you get to a certain point, you know, and it just picks up. And from that point on, I read it in a day and a half right. because it just, you know, <laughs> like you said, Scott, you just, once you start reading it, you just want to kind of finish and see where it's going. I had to stop taking notes cause I was highlighting every sentence. 
<laughs> because everything like I, I'm just looking here as I knock iPads over which is some of my favorite lines like I'm, I think I'm on paragraph three I reminded myself that I was a man of science even if I usually did get a C in it like that's a great <laughs> line yeah like um, Danielle and I are, are well there was actually something that pissed me off on page I think page five it refers to a Klingon warbird mm-hmm. the Klingons don't have warbirds those are the Romulans but the funny joke is on Star Trek, they actually made the same mistake in one episode, and they had to like apologize for it the next day. So he actually made the same mistake that the that the professionals did. But what, like even like little stuff, and it makes me wonder like what his sources are. He has a line which I'm going to say to Danielle here, and I want to see if she can jump out. I tried to do what I've been doing all semester. I tried to manage my anger, to focus my attention elsewhere, and mind my own business. But I couldn't, and I didn't. Oh. <laughs> the comedian. There's a local like. comedian, um, the late John Panette, who has this, he's this big, big, big guy, and he's, in, in the story, he's skating towards this, like, small Korean family on the ice, and he's, like, 700 pounds, he's going right at them, and they're looking at me, and they saw hope, hope that I would stop, well, I couldn't, and I did it, and it's just, that's <laughs> his tagline, so I'm like, does he, I'm like, does there a client like John Panette, so, like, every it little thing total jumped it out was- funny reading because like you said i was reading it on my kindle but it was ryan's copy so i was getting all of his highlights and we like i probably would have highlighted a lot of the same stuff but there were just certain lines that i'm like wow i can't believe ryan didn't highlight this like (laughs) when they were talking about um about the swastika being there and they're like yeah, and they painted this black swastika as a trap, and we went right into it, just like Admiral fucking Akbar. I was like, that was awesome. <laughs> the line about Akbar was great. I loved um, the the two his friends there, the Mikes, joking about pretending the aliens were just all Gungans, and it's like, yeah, just pretend you're taking out Jar Jar Binks. I'm like, yep, that's good. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, there were just so many like little one liners. Oh, like the one where he, he swears using swears from Firefly and Battlestar Galactica. He's like, you technically can't prove to me those didn't happen in the same universe. I'm like, oh my god, I actually never thought of that. That Well, they were like, yeah, he's like, don't combine swears from different, like, different universes. He's like, what? They could be the same universe. That actually could happen. The more I think of it, it's actually very plausible. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's... It's true. No, I'm thinking so. Like, I like there's just so much stuff. And like Bob said earlier, he's just such a geek that like all of his stuff resonates for us, but might not for mm-hmm. other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's very good at getting into the voice of his character. Mm-hmm. He writes in the first person. Yeah. So he has to. They each have a the distinct voice and way of relating to things and stuff. So. And as far as I said earlier, that. Um, I enjoyed this one more than Ready Player One. I think that might also be an artifact of this is the one I've read the most recently. <laughs> <laughs> so if I went back and read Ready Player One again, I might say, oh, no, this one's my favorite. Yeah. They're really about, I rank them uh, yeah. fairly close to the same. I like them both. I mean, I probably liked Ready Player One a little bit better, but I really liked this book more than yeah. I thought I was going to based on the first couple chapters. I did, there were a few things that... Struck, and I want to let Bob talk because I think I'm, we're all talking over him. But like, there are a few things that ran funny to me. Like at one point, I noticed that like he used an acronym, and then a page later he used the acronym again, but then said what, what it meant. I'm like, well, that's odd. You didn't tell us what it meant the first time you used it. There was at one point with the countdown from mm-hmm. the alien wave coming, um, they hit the one hour mark twice. Oh, did they? Yeah, like that. That was a mistake. We'll have one. Hour. And then, like, an hour late, then, like, to 15 minutes later, it was an hour again. 
Oh. And like, so that, so the, I thought it was an hour 15 and then an hour. It was, I actually have a quote here. I'll look for it. But like, I just highlighted one thing. It was a large circular runway. Our shuttle landed at the northern edge. Hmm. Circles don't have northern edges. Like, little stuff like that was right. Like, really? Well, yeah. So, sure, circles could have a northern <laughs> edge. An edge? The edge of the circle? You're at the top edge of the circle? Yeah. Where's the, which one's the top? They don't have corners, but there's there's an edge around it. Well, and he if, said he didn't say top; he said north. Okay, so whatever. Maybe he should have said northern perimeter. North. Part of the circle is headed. Bob, Bob's about to get to an episode of The West Wing where Secret Service agents charge in and say, "Everyone away from the doors and the windows in the Oval Office!" And they're like, "It's a circular room. All the door, all it has is doors and windows." Okay. Well, you can go to the middle of the room. Well, yeah. that's actually what they ended up doing. So. Yeah, too bad see, you weren't. I'm too bad you weren't there, sir. I'm smart. All right, Bob, talk. Okay, so I have a question. Yes. The the death of his dad. Mm-hmm. Yes. Did it? Did, I, that was probably the thing I struggled with the most. It just seems so unnecessary. It's because his dad is Dumbledore. Yeah, I, 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 I get. get I get that he's the old wizard character, mm. but. You have to get rid of the father figure so that the young one can go and do what he needs to do. But was it plausible that they would do that? Because it just seems like, let's do a random suicide bombing. And it's like... Well, he didn't fall into, like, a pasta maker. I mean, it was, like, a crazy thing. I know it was... Wait, are you talking about, like, when he actually died? Oh, when they faked the death. Mm Mm-hmm. He actually died. Yeah. Oh, how's he die later on? I can't remember. He he goes in. He, he goes into. Up. Yeah, he blows himself up to take out the. He doesn't want the icebreaker to actually attack. Um, well, he blows himself up, and then after that, like the admiral meets at you know at the Hillary Clinton White House and says that you know it was a you know God he, he I was making a mistake, and then he, Zach's thinking, well, the admiral was actually a very good guy. It's like. Couldn't you, like, negotiate with them before you suicide bomb Pennsylvania? Like, that, it, it did seem a little, it seemed unnecessary in both cases. It seemed a little convenient. It wasn't inside. unnecessary to destroy the disruptor, though. They knew that was yeah, the no, only I, way that was going to work. But they're, but he ejected, anyway. but he ejected himself right. in his escape pod at the last minute. Mm-hmm. And I then, then, yeah, I, yeah, and then I thought he was pretty much going to die then. And mm-hmm. then he found him. He gets mm-hmm. back, which I mean, I do kind of like that they got to reunite as a family. Like that, that yeah. last, is that so what you we're calling it? That, that alone. Well, time they did. Because, you know, it was a cold winter, and you know, we had to make a baby. Ryan's giving me the look, and I'm like, I mean, like when I they were three of them, and the saying. family dog were in the driveway, oh, and they the were all like, "Oh my god, we're all together!" And I'm like, "Wait a minute, how old is this beagle? This beagle is it's like a, 18 years old." I did math it's in my head. Yeah, they were. Is that even like, possible? Yes, I think it's possible. So anyway. But yeah, no, I did like, it was Random funny later person. on, they're like, my parents are not answering their phones, what's going on? And then he's like, his father shows up, hey, hey, all right. I'm like, oh God. Apparently, so funny. I have a question, if I was dead, years. So funny. if I was dead then came back, would you be like, but think of how like, it great it must have been for him, he's been on the moon by himself, yeah. you know. Oh yeah. It must have been pretty great. With a gay man. <laughs> I know. With a, it, yeah, so oh, they're like, it's been the three of them on the moon for how long? Well, the, to me, that seems a little over the top. Like, I get that we've been fighting them for 40 years, but it's like, he's on the moon playing D&D half the time. Yeah. It's like, 
why was it necessary? Like, it, he gave her. It was there. to keep the whole secret thing. But yeah, I don't know. You know what it was too? And it was one of the reasons I expected it to have either been a simulation or all in Zach's head. They built a moon base. We have shuttles running back and forth to the moon. We've built all of these fighters mm-hmm. and nobody noticed. I, yeah. oh, I did pre- appreciate the reference. That's why there was the economic collapse. All of our money has been going into, you right. know, well, fighter construction. To and, spaceships. Right. That was the one thing I was like, and nobody noticed that we were doing this. Or maybe I would have. It's on the dark side of it. I would have enjoyed. Mm-hmm. They also seem to take consideration that they seem to pretty much have everyone in their pocket. Well, that's true. yeah, from scientists to the media. Yeah, that's everyone. true. How I would everyone like you had everyone in your pocket. I'm pretty sure that you could squelch anything. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be funny if they said if there was a line in there that said like you know, and some people did try and point out the truth, but we kind of looked upon them at like you know those people who believe the Earth is flat. We're like, oh, you like what would you seriously do if someone was on a message board today saying we're building a fleet to combat the Europeans? Oh, you'd laugh at them. Like I would, I would have enjoyed that if there was actually a subset of people saying we're building a fleet to. Oh, to- you mean you mean the Europeans? Yeah. Like that guy, <laughs> that one guy kept saying Europeans. <laughs> he calls his mother. Hey, how do I control this remote? This thing's on every. That, that's what my mother. I would call her from the moon. I have a question about my DVR. I know. Really? <laughs> I just want to say that I, my, my, my idiot moment of the day earlier when I was prepping for this, I was like, wait a minute. What if Europa is actually a real place? <sighs> and I Googled it. And it is a real moon of Jupiter. Uh-huh. So you you thought yeah, they made up a moon? I felt like an idiot. Yeah. So, I was like, but it's full of real references like Stephen Hawking and Neil, Neil deGrasse. Neil deGrasse. And, yeah. and mm-hmm. all this stuff. Um, I listened to Star Talk. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking mm-hmm. of, I was mentioning this earlier when talking about Will Wheaton. Um, the Minnesota uh, mom character. Yes. Yeah, Debbie. Debbie, yeah. I don't know. It could be this the fact that I was listening to it at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. But Will Wheaton's Debbie... Reminds me immensely of Melinda Leo. That's right. You oh, the three boys. He's got the three boys at home. Mm-hmm. No, no, the boys. The boys. The boys he oh, the boys. Oh, okay. Will Whedon does Melinda Leo? Oh, that came out wrong. Okay, well, that's the title. Hank that's really funny. Will Whedon does Melinda Leo. That's really funny. Melinda Leo's like, hey, hey. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now that's going in the introduction. That's going in the title. Yeah, well, that's, that's going Hang in the on. title. I'm just no, I mean, like Ryan making that really creepy, like that coming creepy on. Yes. Dear Melinda Leo. So overall, I mean, I'm curious to see what he does with the few, knowing that mm. there's more books to come. That mm-hmm. kind of changes my outlook a little bit. Um, but overall, I would say I thoroughly enjoyed this book. I mean, there was there. I wouldn't say it's like the best book ever. Um, right. I definitely, as I as I mentioned in last week's podcast, I would give it a seven out of ten. Um, but it's definitely you gave it lower than that because I thought I gave it a seven out of ten. You gave Maybe it a three out of five. Well, that's a well, I was just going uh, six out of ten. I think that's what Sue did because we were like, "Wow, Sue's giving it a three out of ten. You were like, "No, three out of five. <laughs> yeah, I liked it. I so I would say it. like six point five to seven. Um, I enjoyed it. I will look forward to the sequel. The movie, I will definitely see it on opening night. Um, but I wouldn't say, like, if I had to have five books for the rest of my life on an island, it definitely would not be one of them. 
Okay, fair enough. I'm still looking at quotes here, and it's making me like it even more. Like when he picks, when he gets picked up at school, the pilot and the other two agents remained on board like an idiot. I awkwardly waved goodbye to them just before the show was closed. I spotted people in business suits, fast for, uh, food uniform, surgical scrubs, and one dazed-looking middle-aged woman who was wearing a wedding dress and clutching her breath. Um, okay. Did you think of Donna from Doctor Who? Because I did. Know what I thought? I that's, thought a, that's the first image I that popped Donna in my head. I thought right there. And do you remember the scene at the end where they break into the where they call or they I forget if they break into the call or if they mm-hmm. call like Stephen Hawking yeah. and all the, all the various people. Mm-hmm. That was the scene from um, Prisoner Zero, the first Amy Pond episode. Remember they get the the kid who was oh, masturbating yeah. in his room and they have him call yeah, like yeah. all of like the. Yeah. People on Earth, like, that was classic Doctor Who. Well, and then I love how he wrote it. They're like, all but Stephen Hawking nodded in agreement. I'm like, aw, poor Stephen Hawking <laughs> Stephen can't Hawking nod his head. issues a statement on the Earth's Blind <laughs> novel. I am not a part of a great conspiracy. I was like, aw. <laughs> Stephen Hawking just got wheeled back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. I, it was really cool to me because of the Oregon references. And I did research yes. him. Because I was like, does he live in Oregon? Because there was a lot of Oregon yeah. in, in Ready Player One. But he lives in Texas. Interesting. I wonder if he just loves Oregon for some reason. Yeah. He must His love family Oregon. goes there I, on yeah. vacation or something. Well, and like wow. how Zach always is like, I say I'm from Portland instead of Beaverton, so I don't seem like a hick. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Well, <laughs> I say I'm from Portland because nobody's heard of Scapoose. Mm-hmm. So I don't guys, remember yeah. Beaverton being that hickish. Yeah, like, he I makes didn't. it seem like it is, but, I mean, it doesn't seem... No, it's... Yeah. I, don't, I, I lived there for a year. I, yeah. I think, well, then again, I was fine. Mom and Mike lived there for a while, and it was... What did they say? It, they didn't like it as much as they liked other parts of Portland. It's very built up of, and stuff. Hmm. Kind of any town is like that if you are growing up there and you're like, oh, I can't wait to get out of this town. Yeah. Because it doesn't really matter what town it is. That's true. You're still going to be... Unless if you're like living in New York, San Francisco, or Los Angeles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Though I doubt people who grew up there say that. Unless they want to get into like a much quieter life. Yeah, you That's never true. know. Melinda Leo just wrote back to me. I said, sorry, she said, about oh, what? I said, I named a podcast after you. She said, I'm scared. I said, especially being a Stand By Me fan. Mm. <laughs> She's going to like listen to this episode as fast as she possibly can. <laughs> She'll just read the intro. What? <laughs> so, oh, right. fun. Any other final thoughts on Ready Player One? I don't even want to have final thoughts. You mean Armada? Armada. 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 Or either book or reading. Can I just quickly? I know I, I enjoyed it. Can I just quickly read like everything I highlighted because some of these no. lines are some of the lines awesome. are really fantastic. They're really good. They're really good. It's like you have four minutes. I've got four minutes. I love yeah. the way well, things have worked out with this. The way he's writing them at this time, like in that interview that um, Sue referenced, um, they, he did an interview with a Q and A with Audible where people sent in questions <laughs> from Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and stuff. Um, he mentions that. Having written Ready Player One, in between writing Ready Player One and while he's writing Armada, the Oculus Rift people sent him like beta copies of their stuff because they're like, hey, this guy likes virtual reality stuff. Yeah, a lot of fun. The way everything's kind of forming itself to be more like what he was writing about as fictional. Like there will be a... uh, some some of the video games from Armada and such they're trying to actually they create are trying now. To, yeah, create those. 
Cool. And he is working on the screenplay for Armada now. He said it was really weird because Ready Player One, he wrote like over seven years. And then he sold the concept for Armada and he had to write it with a deadline. And he was just like, this is really hard. But in the process or in the meantime, he made friends with George R. R. Martin. And yeah, he was like, okay, I take back anything I've ever said because, you know, (laughs) writing to a deadline. Yeah, pressure. How's your second book coming? Oh, so much pressure. Wait a second. This is George. Well, maybe that could explain Uh, the pace. If you actually go back and listen to our Ready Player One discussion, I said he has a new book coming out called Amanda. You said Amanda? I read it wrong. I thought it was Amanda. I'm like, apparently it's a completely different type of story. Because apparently it's about this girl named Amanda. No, I mean, uh, I think he's like one of those authors that I really enjoy. I'll read whatever he writes. Quick aside, Melinda wrote back. I told her the title is Will Read and Does Melinda Leo. And he wrote back saying, that would be cool, actually. And I don't think she's quite wrapped her brain around what I was going for. Uh, that. So we're going to wait, wait to hear from She's Melinda. probably thinking of him doing an audiobook of her. That's what I think she's thinking. And God knows when she No, wait, no, 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 no. How about you name it? Uh, Will Wheaton does Melinda Leo, on, like in reference, like sending on like a trip to the moon, because that's when all of those lines happen. I don't know. You could be more sexual with something about the moon. Never mind. So, <laughs> does Melinda Leo on the moon? <laughs> no, we'll just keep the original one, and we'll just let people decide for themselves. She's like Sue is messaging me. Sue, stop messaging. We're on the podcast. Um, <laughs> You're messaging. I know I am doing the, the same thing. <laughs> I love the Admiral when he accidentally blows up the base in Iowa. He's like, you've inflicted serious damage. Whose side are you on exactly? Oh. You know what was really stupid? They they told all of these kids who zoned in and were talking about Firefly, you know, try this new mission where we go to this ice planet and bomb it. And then the next day he's like, well, clearly what happened was, you know, we failed. So now the human race will fall. I'm like, seriously, you couldn't have like revealed yourself to the world yesterday how many kids are playing with like one hand while they're on the phone with their girlfriends okay they probably don't have girlfriends they're gamers they were probably taking it somewhat seriously but you know how many didn't tune in because they were eating dinner like if you told people this is actually the the battle yeah to be honest with you ryan that it was actually then they would have freaked out yeah yeah. i know but i'm just saying speaking to you as an actual gamer um not that you're not a gamer, yeah, but well, he's I'm, not. I'm not a gamer, bro. but like as someone who's played content like games like World of Warcraft, like basically like games where content comes out mm-hmm. and like I'm like like let's say like the next dungeon, like the next dungeon monster came out in World of Warcraft. Okay, we all lot like we knew it was coming out Tuesday night. We all log in, we get our game faces on, we do the best we possibly can. Mm-hmm. So I think I mean that's why I would say the people who were in on that mission to do what they did. Weren't you know half watching television? Yeah. Half okay. eating a they were focused. They on weren't them. picking they flowers. Were, do you think yeah. they would have been yeah. more focused There's if they knew that the human race could fall if they didn't do well or no? I think maybe too much worse. pressure. Yeah, they probably would have done they worse. Freaked out, yeah. and, or they just wouldn't have done it. They just would have logged out. I think that under that guise, that I think would have worked the best, and just unfortunately, it just didn't, it didn't work yeah, out for right. them. And, or fortunately, it worked out for them that it failed. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. obviously when we find out what happens. But yeah, no, I, I would say that, you know, because especially if it's hard content, like when people are like, this is super hard content. The people who go in to play that shit, they, they got their, their wits about them. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the game face on. Game that. face time. 
I did like one line. I also just loved briefly, real quick, how both Zach and his father's, um, their, what do they call it? Their call signs or whatever mm. their names were both in some way related to, uh, peanuts. Mm-hmm. The Red Iron Baron Beagle and Iron Beagle and Red Baron. Mm. Well, he was Red Jive, but it, they call him the Red Baron. So I liked that. The one, I found the line I referenced in the very beginning where, um, hang on, actually, where is this right here, I believe? It, it was the closest I think that came to um, the, the dirt and the things that grew in dirt. Do you remember when his father wants to tell him his theory on what's actually happening? So mm-hmm. they go in this like long, it's like one of those mechanical walks where they just walk for hours and hours and hours until they get to the office and then she tells them that their parents have been killed in a freak mm-hmm. trucking accident. Um, when they finally get down there and they're at the end of the corridor and there's life support systems and cold fusion generators and all the stuff that we don't have technology for that we have on the moon now. He says, I don't know how most of the stuff works, my father confessed, or even how to operate most of it. But I've never needed to because all the base systems are completely automated. And all of the maintenance is done by drones operated by real people back on Earth. I'm like, was it really necessary to have that entire conversation? It's like he just followed you for like... Yeah, but if that's like the one part you... I mean, that's that was the only really bit that's of dialogue. That's the best I came that's to. That's not... I remember sitting here, I'm like, Harley seems worth mentioning, does he? Like, it's just, like, like that was, I think, the worst line I found in the entire book. And that's actually, as Danielle said, that's not that bad. No, it's not that bad. It's really good. Well, I would say that we all liked the story. Some of us liked it more than others, but that's okay, because that's how stories work. And that it was a successful book read. I was also on the edge of my seat, because you didn't know who they were going to kill off. <laughs> what do you mean? They killed off like characters left and right. It wasn't those one of those stories where everybody lived. Right. Yeah, not that I, many people that main characters actually died though. Not main characters, but like the two guys on the space station. Everyone on the space station. Oh well, yeah. Dad and the two other guys and um, the boyfriend, the the uh, Chinese kid died. Oh yeah, yeah. Debbie lived, right? Debbie. No, lived. Debbie lived, and Wody. Wody lived, but the um, the other guy. The guy oh, I know. His dad. His other, basically, his two friends on the moon base all died, and he died. So yeah. But the um the other gay guy, Milo. Yeah, Milo died, and um. Milo and Shin, who stayed behind to defend the base. Yep. Uh, Graham unfortunately died. He got crushed to death by that basilisk. Very sad. I'll cry, um, I'll cry during the movie. That was yeah. that. My one thing was when he landed. Um, he's like, I'm just gonna land on the school and crash right through the gym. I'm like, yeah, because they never use gyms as emergency shelters yeah. for, you know, local yeah. sorry, natural yeah. disasters. I'm sure you won't land on 50 people when you do that. Go ahead. Just land. Did you also think that they were going to have him, like, when he landed at the school, he would run into the bully? No. Like, the bu- no. No, because no. I think he took care of the bully. The bully was done. At that point, yeah. the bully was like, all right. I'm not messing with this kid because he is batshit crazy. Well, I thought that he was in the mess of the bully, and then he showed up later. Actually, that was a yeah, yeah that, that was nice. I thought it was nicer. I thought it was it would have been stereotypical if it happened the other way. But then there's the point where he's like, I wonder if he knows that the kid he was picking on is dead, mm-hmm. and then he's like, Yeah, I bet he knows. And like, I thought that was a nice moment at the end. Okay. Yeah. I did enjoy it. The the uh, that the Lex and the grandmother moved locally. Just I'm like. Basically, they've had one eventful date, and she's like, I'm moving to <laughs> Oregon with Nana. That's what happens when you move at super fast speeds. Yes. Yep. <laughs> well, technically, he's the he's like the secretary general. <laughs> I mean, I think at that point, when you've basically had to face death, they're probably like, yeah, just just move in. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> My mom's really I mean, laid would, back. Yeah. 
you and Danielle were ready to move in the, you know, after just visiting for a week and all we did was hang out on the farm. So, you know, we still want to. And, um, oh yeah, we we haven't talked about, well, just briefly, his mom's pretty cool. He actually has a cool mom. Very cool Cool as shit. She's watching Doctor Who at the beginning of the story. So that's cool. Mm -hmm. Just want to say that. And his friend at the game station. Turns out to be weird, but that's fun too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. An agent. Ray. Did it seem weird that he had like an agent watching him all those years, or was it because of who his dad was? Because of who his dad was. I think it was because. Yeah, because he tells Ray later, he's like, thanks for watching him. Thanks for keeping an eye on him. Mm -hmm. Because he says it. Who almost cracks their conspiracy wide open until they're like, oh, you're figuring out. Yeah. Oh. Did we just lose Scott? Did he just get really quiet? Scott went very quiet, yes. Very quiet. We've lost Canada. Canada! Come back! Oh, wait, he's actually very... This this rarely happens. Oh, wow. oh he's so quiet! <laughs> he's like, he's like shrinking. Quiet. Like a little bobo. He must have leaned on his on his mic uh, mm-hmm. volume. We, we've had that happen before. Scott! He says he did nothing. Oh, God, he's resorting to <laughs> typing. Oh, no. That's because I've said... Oh, oh he's back. back. He's back, there baby. I say, well, maybe it's a good time to end this episode of Point of View Weekly. Oh, we're not doing the game. No. no yeah, we're already seven fun. minutes over. It's okay. <gasps> we can do it. So next week, um, it sounds like we will be doing a celebration of our 100th episode. And we'll be looking back on the past three years of point of view weekly goodness i don't think we currently have anything planned so we can't really you know tease Tell anything what we're gonna do and we'll play so, your, uh, your, but your we'll, game we'll, we'll put some stuff together and we'll be recording sometime next week for that yes um yeah be a lot of fun Baby there might be some audience participation so look in the facebook uh we asked you guys to do things hopefully we'll the facebook we do them the facebook did he do that last time too yeah, and you made comment about it last time too. You're like Provenza on uh, Major Crimes. He's like, does my computer get the YouTube? Like, it's been around the for ten YouTube. years. Well, I'm glad I'm going to know it while it's still new. The tweeter. Yeah. The tweeter. I like that. Rumble tumble. I just have to share for Danielle. We uh, we're having a very small um, baby shower, which Bob has been invited to. If you if you would like to attend, yeah, um, I didn't get invited, but Bob did. Well, that was well, way purely, to go, right? That was purely accidental. So if you want to fly out, you're more than welcome. Scott, come down. You know, our country is your country. But <laughs> I, we sent out invitations. Now we sent out invitations to you know to family just so they can see it. But we know they're already coming. I just want Danielle to know that your nana, mm-hmm. Grandma Lucy. His email be during the podcast to say she, she will be attending. <laughs> We've seen Lucy like twice since we sent her the thing. No, Clearly we actually she's haven't. Oh, we haven't. No, we haven't. Clearly she's coming. That's that. cute. Everybody knew she was coming, but she would like to RSVP to say okay. that she well, would be Nana is of the age where you do these things, where you actually send notes in RSVP. So that's. Yes. I've never in my life called her Nana. Grandma. At what? She's Grandma. Grandma. I still. Didn't, right, but Ryan, um, just. You, you think okay. we can get? You think we can get uh, Olaf to call my mother Granny? Granny. <laughs> Start now. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, Bob, Bob sounds uncomfortable. I think it's gas, Bob. All right, so that's gonna do it for this episode <laughs> of Point of View Weekly. We hope you guys enjoyed listening to this week's episode, and we'll be sure to let you guys know when our next episode comes out on the Facebook. Yes, the Facebook, because you know. <laughs> 
Ryan's uncomfortable with the way I say that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> be sure to check us out uh, if you want more information at our website, which you can find at www.pointofviewweekly.com. Be sure to check out all of the other members of the Potterfic Weekly family of podcasts, including the Poofo Exchange at poofoexchange.com. Good luck spelling it. Uh, Point of View Weekly. Oh, wait, we are Point of View Weekly. Damn it. I I forgot about Potter Potter Fig Weekly, the flagship show. Sorry, Potter Fig Weekly. (laughs) PotterFigWeekly.com. Okay. And (laughs) last but not least, our gaming channel on Twitch, uh, Poovla Plays, which is twitch.tv backslash Poovla Plays. What was our original podcast title? Weren't we? Didn't Jen suggest like Armoire Cast or something just to be different? Yeah, you keep saying that. Yeah, I think that's something that kind of you came up with on your own. We have it on tape somewhere. We'll find it. Somewhere, I'm sure. We'll find it someday. All right. Mm -hmm. From all of us here at the Potterfic Weekly Studios in Fargo, North Dakota, I've been Bob. I've been Ryan. I'm Daniel. I'm Scott. And I'm Sue. And I love how Ryan and I are the ones who say, I have been. I was just thinking that Daniel's like, I continue to be Daniel. I am. I know. Way to be a party pooper, Daniel. Hey, everybody night, else everyone. follows my suit, Bob, so... <laughs> Bob, be very careful. She's getting a Hey! Oh, my God. Will you stop? No, I'm scared. Stop exaggerating. <laughs> I don't want to. Good night, everyone. Bye. Good night. Good night. Bye. Good night. Good night. You know what I've learned happens when, when your wife is in her third trimester, getting late into the third trimester? Late? Right. I'm just the beginning of it. So we have a... Really? Okay. So we have a queen size bed. So Danielle recently got one of those body pillows. Now, usually. Apparently, you're supposed to get a body pillow Danielle when you're takes, pregnant. Usually, Danielle know. takes like 80% of the bed up. And I like, <laughs> I hang on to my, my 20, and like, if there's a strong gust of wind, I tip and fall off. Well, now it's Danielle, her giant body pillow, and then like, I'm on my 3% in the corner. It's very funny. I'm being flipped off. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Good night. Good Good afternoon. Good evening. Oh, I thought we we were done. No, you kept going. I did? (laughs) Is that why you've been laughing at me the whole podcast? Yes. You're like, oh. Lord, Ryan. Night. Never say goodbye. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Say goodbye, Ryan. Goodbye, Ryan. Head desk, head desk, head desk. (laughs)